Hello, and welcome back to episode one of The Good Asian here on the Storied Arts Podcast. I am your co-host, Mike. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And today, we will be doing our book club-style deep dive discussion into The Good Asian issues one through four, otherwise known as volume one. And I think we covered a lot of this last week in the Zero, kind of the basic premise. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I I know that there are a lot of book clubs out there that will do mysteries. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of a popular mystery writer. I don't even know them. But, but I, I always wonder, like, what is there to discuss unless you're all just sitting around speculating on, like, who done the it? killer might, yeah, who done yeah. it, basically. I, um, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I would think about maybe how, I'm well. Also, if you're discussing this like after the story is done and you know the ending, uh, maybe you're discussing the mechanics of the story, the breadcrumbs. Like, yeah, like yeah. how how good was Could the I misdirection? Have it out. Yeah, right. yeah. Like we know, you know, because that always uh, pisses me off when you know, it's when you could not way, have yeah. guessed it. Yeah, on, like a, thir- a third of the way through, a third of the way through. What's your mindset? And then a halfway through, are you thinking the same thing, or did you get a different revelation? You know, three quarters. You know, that kind of thing. Maybe incrementally, you're talking about the the craft work of the storytelling. I, I could I could see that being this if you really wanted to kind of break it down and 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 get nitty-gritty with the story of, of how well, how effective was the mystery told? You know, I think I, I think about that oftentimes when we, when when discussing movies of the of, of the same realm. You know, whether it's uh um you know any kind of Sherlock Holmes or sure. know, like you, you know you mentioned like Glass Onion, like or, or 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 Knives Out, Benoit Blanc, that kind of thing. Of of um, there is there is the story that you're watching uh, from whatever perspective, and then you have the big parlor room reveal. And in that reveal, you know, was it possible for you to have figured it out given the information that you were shown? Um, so yeah, it, it's about the mechanics of the story, you know. And, and I I don't know if if that's something we want to get into here in terms of. Uh, how things have been laid out. What's being maybe at the very end? Like, maybe so. Because I mean, I think I think this volume here, this volume really, these four issues, it's just like just more and more crap gets laid on Edison. You know, like every every issue, it, it, it's almost like things just get worse as he's trying to trying to work this missing person case. It just more and more crap gets heaped on him. You know, like things get worse and worse. His situation gets worse and worse. And so he's just kind of, it, it, it's just, it's just piling on, uh, uh, you know, up until the end of, of this volume, obviously, which um, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've read. Uh, so it's not a big spoiler to say that, you know, his, his childhood friend slash surrogate brother, Frank. I was going to say like adopted brother is how yeah, I would, it, 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 I mean, uh, I don't uh, know if he was formally adopted. No, he, he, he wasn't. He functionally, wasn't. But, yeah, yeah, functionally because his mother was a housekeeper for the Caraways and and yeah, he grew up with Frankie and Victoria. Yeah, Frankie dies right there and that's, you know, going to boom, you know, cut end of volume 1. That's how it ends, you know, uh, a, a character we think is going to be uh, you presume being a, a a major player, a major character in the story uh and, and he's taken out halfway ish through, you know, in the right. you know, he's taken out in the the 45 minute mark of the, the 90 minute story, you know, the hundred, hundred minute movie kind of thing. Yeah. Um, now regarding the title of the book. Sure. Um, I have to admit, I had a little like record scratch moment in my head when I saw the title, uh, just 
you know, I saw it in a solicitor or whatever, didn't know who the author was or something. And I thought it was going to be some patronizing thing written by a white guy. Yeah. And I was, it would have been a really bad title, right? Uh, uh, if it yes, had been done the, that way. Yes. This is, yeah, uh, I can say this. You can't say this. That's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I, uh, and I, for that reason, I was like, mm, let's, how do I find out what kind of book this is before I give it money? Yeah. Uh, and I'm really, you know, obviously now very glad that I gave it money. Yeah. But as I was reading it, especially in the first issue, I assume the title was referring to Edison, who is our protagonist. Yeah. And especially in issue one, when we don't know all the machinations of his character and how he works. I'm yeah. like, oh, is he really the good one? Because yeah. uh, he he's pretty rough with people. He, you know, will try to like look out for a kid or something like that unless it compromises his career and then he'll throw the kid under the bus uh, or he'll be the one to chase down other. Uh, and I'm, I will refer to them as Asian Americans, even though that's not how the story does. Yeah. Just because you know, they're using an antiquated term that is period I, I, well, correct, I, I well, no, here I think we can most. I think we can safely we can call them Chinese. Uh, I think sure, all the yeah, but that's yeah, also yeah, not. Uh, yeah, but, I'm, but I'm right, referring to referring to them as yeah, being from the Orient. Yeah, but, but but specifically in this book, I do believe we are meant to understand that they are working specifically in Chinatown, and everyone there is Chinese or is Chinese origin. Chinese sure. Descent. Yeah. So no Chinese. It, I feel it, perfectly just, safe. Yeah, yeah. And the struggle of the series in a sense is like the transition from being Chinese to Chinese American. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, you know, the, the ABC, which by the way, is a term I learned from the movie Shang-Chi. I think a lot of people uh, did. Yes. Uh, yes. Which is, it is not explained nope. in Shang-Chi. It's nope. just, he said, Oh, I speak ABC. Uh, and I yeah. thought, that was a shorthand way of saying English. I speak English. Yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of people did. Uh, yeah. American born Chinese. Born Chinese. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But no, I, I think, I think when you look at the title there, you're right. It's not meant to be that Edison is a quote unquote good guy or whatnot. It is, it, it's a play on the idea of. Yes. How he is uh, seen on the police force. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of layers yeah. to it. Yeah. He's it, the good one. Right. You know, and, but but then there's also the idea of of the need to be the good minority, the model minority, right. which is something that is that they 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 talk about here, and that's a very fraught thing um, that that still exists today. The idea that, that it, it it has been put upon Asian and Asian Americans by the white majority in terms of oh, they're the good ones, be more like them, you know. Which is is wildly patronizing and insulting, but it also, um, but it's real. To, to, yeah, it's it's real, but it's also then used by members of that uh, of the Asian and Asian descent as a way to get ahead. In the idea of, I can do this and and advance myself, but then you are seen as well at what expense? Like, what are you doing? You know what what it, it, it's the conflict between. Um, what is your duty or responsibility, if you even have one, to the other members of your race or ethnicity in this country? You know, that right. the, everything that you do is reflective of everybody else. Is that fair? Probably not. Does it happen? Of course it does. 
is it something you should be concerned about? Well, I don't know, you know, and, and, and it's case by case. So you look at someone like Edison here. Edison, it, it, we should say he is a detective from Hawaii because there's right. no one in the mainland who would there's no one in the mainland at this time in 1936 who would allow no, a, a, the a, opening a pages are him being detained. Yes. As a detective. To, yeah, yeah, right. Coming back to San Francisco where he grew up. So so the the the, the fact that he um, and, and when. As he's going around town, we see in this first volume when he flies his badge, everyone's like, oh, either you stole that or you faked one, you know, like no one. No, and, and these are these are the Chinese residents of San Francisco's Chinatown. You know, he's the, the idea that, oh, the the Chinese detective make it feel more comfortable. You go talk to them. Well, he does that. And none of them believe him. You know, they think if they talk to him, they'll get in more trouble. Because right. he he stole that it's fake it's not real or whatnot but the idea that like in that first bust we see right when he's with the that other wildly racist cop um, which is probably just a regular cop back then yep. um, and the the son <laughs> of the guy he's arresting was like wait you're you're Chinese like and the, he looks at him he looks at Edison like what are you doing you know like why aren't you helping us why are you you know, like perpetuating the same cycle Which that this guy he, He's asked repeatedly throughout the series. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Now, this is the line in, in that exchange at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, he says, so guess what? You want to know when they stop treating us Chinese like dirt, when we stop giving them reasons to. Now, yeah. I the first time I recalled that, um, I'm glad I returned to it on the page because my recollection, that's page 13. The pages are yeah. numbered, by the way. Um my recollection was that was something he muttered to himself in his head, yeah. which made me think, oh, this is this is really bad. That's internalized racism. Yeah. That's him kind of buying the, you know, the white people's narrative about their reasons for harassing and over policing Chinatown. Yeah. He's actually saying it out saying, loud. Yes, he is. Which yeah, means that makes, playing that makes the a part difference. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Of yes. the good Asian. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he is trying to in. It's almost he's saying like, if I'm the one that takes you down, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm my, my concussion maybe, but I'm not gonna break your arm. I'm not gonna put you in the hospital, but I'm gonna take you down because this is what I have to do to survive where I am. But it's better me doing it than someone else. And yeah, he's putting on the face by saying that because yeah, that 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 line is total crap. You know, it, it, it's is oh it's, yeah, that well, line and, is and we know. Crap. We know who's standing in the stairwell with him yes. as he says that. Yes, and that was not intended for the guy he's arresting. That was no, intended it was for, for the, the other officer. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But no, they're, 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 but that is genius writing. I mean, yeah, we learned yeah. so much, and that's mm-hmm. page thirteen of issue one. Yeah, and I have yeah. learned so much about this character and the world. And that, oh yeah, no, that, like I was that, saying, that, that the, first bus is so important. That this first bus, that that first arrest is so important for Edison because you learn everything about him. You're right. Everything about right. him. And it's, and it's the Sorkinian, uh, you know, in his master class on writing, he talks about intention, obstacle, everything's about intention and obstacle. And so we're like, okay, well now we know what he's willing to do to overcome his obstacle. So what he, what greater purpose is being served by him uh, pandering to this racist yeah. cop. He yeah. must have some greater agenda yeah. that is more valuable then him and his, his character dignity right now yes. everything yeah um and so you learn that about him in a very clever way yeah. early on uh because i could easily see 
you know, him with his hat, uh, you know, and trench coat standing in, in the rain, thinking to himself, like, I've got to be willing to do this. I've got to yeah. be willing to arrest well, you know, yes. other Chinese immigrants in order like yeah. a lesser writer would have done that. And we would have done the same thing. Yeah. Instead, we get an action scene, um, I, I, you know, in the art here also. Uh, there's so much to say here. Yeah. Uh, the way this is drawn, the way it is paneled, uh, you know, yeah. shout outs to Alex Tefengshi. Uh, the way it's written is obviously masterful. And then the coloring, the way it changes scene to scene. And yeah. uh, this is compared to the grand scope of where the coloring goes in this series. This is child's play, but this is still really, really good coloring. Yeah, no, I I I I agree. I, I I love how, especially as we go through, we'll probably come back to the coloring a little more. But the idea that it's almost like every scene um, has a has like an overtone, like an overlay on it. You know, like everything is tinged in a certain way to to set a mood or whatnot. You know, that the colors are a little more muted. You know, they're not quite as bright and shiny. So when it does flash, like when there is specifically when there's blood and it's a real bright red or anytime you hit like a a big, um, a big splashy splash, uh, uh, a double page splash, something like that, those colors pop. Um, and of course, how how they do the, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to call it like the, um, the, sh- the texturing. Well, I was, I, I, I was, I, I was going to say Edison's like detective eye. Like anytime they oh, go yeah. to like the, the yeah, you know yeah. you know which is you know it's that like just the red rectangle of things he notices that and because I love it, that it, it, it because everything else again a little more muted may it may have a wash on it like a a yellow or a green or a blue wash on it um, that the red really really stands out um, I I like how all the flashbacks they aren't like sepia tone but it's like the comic equivalent of sepia tone where everything's a little washed out and you can tell that this is a flashback sequence, you know, yeah, whether, it, whether it's, it's his memory or someone else's memory. And I was just, just say, washed out about that. I couldn't remember how much of that was in volume one. There's a lot of that in volume two. Yes. there. Yeah. But it will, even that will, it'll, it's like they put a full color overlay on it and then yes, just made that color transparent mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But those colors, sometimes it's kind of a yellowish color. Sometimes it's a bluish color mm-hmm. based on it's the like location and whose memory, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, other things like different. that. And then sometimes the narration box from the present will be exempt from that wash over the page. Yes. Uh, which means, I mean, this is just a full team effort because, you know, Pornsax handed them the script and said, like, we needed to be clear this narration's in the present. This thing's happening in the past, yeah. um, because you can think she panels it in a way yeah. that allows for this kind of space for the letterer. The yeah. letter, you know, the colorist comes in and does. Okay, we're going to do the full wash here, and then the letter says, "Okay, but I'm going to have a solid black box to distinguish this text from the other text on the page yeah. in the bottom right corner." Uh, there's one in particular that I'm picturing in my head as I describe this. It's in volume two. So I'll be sure to shout that out in particular next. But no, week. I I think you're right because because the the speech bubbles that are part of the flashbacks that are in the past, those are all washed out too. Yes. You know? Yeah. So yeah, there there is a clear distinction between what is being talked about in the present and what is being remembered in the past. And yeah, it all it all works as a piece whenever they do that. Because you know, we we get a lot of that here in, in, in volume one. There is the various flashbacks to Edison's time growing up with the caraways and but the, also there's also like the recent flashbacks when 
he's doing his actual detective work and he's going around Chinatown and he's asking people the last time they saw the girl and things like that. And so even then, you know, when we talk about uh, flashbacks to, you know, days and weeks ago, there's, they still have that same sheen over them. They still have that same, um, just that same kind of washed out look that, you know, that this is the, the story is being narrated. It's being told to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess finally, since we're talking about all of the visual presentation, the the final thing that's noticeable is, uh, I mentioned it. There's sometimes a texture, uh, to certain colors, certain shadows, uh, and then other times it's you know just normal shading, uh, mm-hmm. that you would see in any other comic. And this just kept sticking out to me. I think it it just adds a depth, uh, to your field of view and your. Uh, understanding but you know his jacket always has a texture to it um occasionally the shadowing around someone's eyes will have a little bit of like a rough texture to it and sometimes the background will have a texture to it and then yeah, sometimes yeah. it'll be a plain color yeah uh yeah sometimes is there anything like other a, than like, like a check visual sometimes. contrast and yeah it looks yeah. like it was you know colored mm-hmm. on a certain thing and there are a few different textures employed yeah I'm not reading any particular meaning into that. No, but I'm I, I, open I, to it. You know, if I'm missing I, something, I, I, you know what? Now that you're looking at it, now that you mention it, it wasn't something that I noted as I was reading. But I think it's just a matter of. I think that's one of those things, invisible things that just it, the way it, kind of the way it draws you. your eye. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm looking at a. I'm just just. I'm on page fifty right now. Um. Um. Edison has just walked into the the Jade Castle and he sees Victoria. This is the you know, perfect illustration. Yes. yes, and and this is everything 50, we just talked about. We yeah, have like, one yeah. faded memory panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and have then, a plain green background in the top left. Yeah, and then, and then you have the textured background for the conversations. Yeah, the conversation of of Edison in his suit, which is just clean, no color, and Victoria's in a, a, a black dress, and everyone around them is kind of faceless, nameless, no color. But yeah, they have that kind of. That kind of have that kind of checkered background, and it just it it pops our characters out. So you get the sense that they are lost in in the sea of of other people. In so much as even when we get down to the final panel on that page on page fifty, when we see the other people we're supposed to pay attention to, who is that? That's Terrence Chain, the lawyer, the people who own the Jade Castle. You see him at that table, um, and then people behind them, the same, nameless, faceless, featureless, just like silhouettes. And it right. it, it just it just. It, it emphasizes who our characters, where our focus is supposed to be in a very simple way. Not saying that, oh, if they had gone out of the way to 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 put names and faces on on these background people, because, um, you know, as we move through, as you, specifically in this sequence, you know, we start seeing more and more of that. But for that moment, right then and there, when our focus is supposed to be just on Edison and Victoria, you know, right. The way yeah, he differentiates, it's it, it's it, like it, a it, good yeah. camera shot, and yeah, what's and he focus, also what's and to think she has some, not a lot, but in this book he has some that have like a camera style blur to them, where the foreground and yeah. background will be yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah blurred yeah. in not a normal comic way. Yeah, it, I, I, I think cinematic that, is the word. One of the one of his tricks is what we're talking about with these these checkers like that. If people are they're, they're, they're nameless faces. You know, they might as well be blurs, but right. you still, you understand what's there. You understand they're in a crowd of people because those people aren't important. Our focus has to be, it's drawn to the front. Um, you know, guy, you talk about cinematic going through this same issue here. This is issue two. Page 53. Uh, 
exactly the same. Yeah. Anytime I was going to say, anytime, anytime he goes panel. to the, the the sixteen panel, sixteen four panel. by four. Oh yeah, yeah. four by four. And yeah, yeah. Oftentimes they'll go to these sixteen panel, very small rectangulars. Um, again, you can just picture that these are these are cuts in an action scene. You know, especially here, this is as the club is being attacked. Um, so there's panic, people running, and very close up shots of people. You know, of 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 action. Um, it, it, and it's it's all about moving your eye down and across the page and creating that like manic feeling. You know, like if you're in this club as these gunshots are apparently going off, people are going crazy. You you feel the the frenzy of 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 the scene and he does that by these quick cuts these quick panels and he does this uh uh it's something he returns to this 16 panel page whenever they're doing this kind of quick cutting or what you would imagine if you're watching a movie or a tv show this would be when they they're intentionally intentionally quick cutting back and forth between action you know right it's meant to feel a little disorienting yeah 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 that kind of thing um i think he does it that's probably a dated reference uh maybe so um john wick style maybe kind of thing you know yes well um, and you want to get real john wick yeah i i think it had both the uh, this is cool action and somewhat light levity of a wick thing on pages 54 and 55 yeah when yeah. you know this character comes out and he says a kicker of course yeah. he's a kicker yeah and then uh and on page 55 the center one he's doing like you know elaborate backflips or something and he just says oh you got to be kidding yeah, but it's, but, and, but again, it's done in in a very small panel, so you see each one of the elements of the the, ba- yes. the back handspring. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. And, and the guy is also he's wearing this ridiculous giant, basically like mascot head, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and all that. Uh, and then he picks up a hatchet and throws it. You know, yeah, we can't say anything about his identity in this volume, right? Uh, yeah, we, other, no, we can't. other than yeah, we no. know, I mean, it was very clear. No, it, 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 he's it, it, mimicking a former serial killer. He's not yes. the original serial. Like, yes, and that's very clear in volume one. Um, and I'm yes. I'm blanking. It starts with an H. I'm blanking on the name. Oh, uh, uh um, Hao Tong. Um, is, is that the that's the serial killer? Uh, that that, that may be that may be. I think uh, the second name started with an L. Uh, uh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember here. Yeah, no, so, we said we weren't going to get all bogged down in the details of yeah, the, uh, but, the yeah. murder mystery, and we really meant it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 it's not that it's not important, but I, I, I think the, the, the more interesting thing to me with the murder mystery is something that we touched on last week when we kind of setting things up here is just that, like, there are so many well-worn tropes here of of film yeah. noir, you know, starting with Edison and obviously, you know, the the inner monologue. You know, in, in in here, obviously, it's done in it's done in 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 text in, in in narration boxes. But still, the idea that you're following along with this guy, and and he's you know, hard boiled, self loathing, self hating detective. You know, it's 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 directly in the mold of, you know, Dashiell Hammett, Sam Spade, or 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 Raymond Chandler's Philip Marlowe. These 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 classic detectives from the stories that we know from yeah, like. The Maltese Falcon or the Big Sleep or something like that. Um, it, it, he's damn it. Edison is is in that vein. He just happens to not be white, you know. But he's still by following along in his inner dialogue, you you get his turmoil. Like you, you know, we talked about that scene early on during that first arrest where he's not explicitly talking about like all the things he has to do, um, you know, what he has to compromise. But he is talking about other things of like he understands 
you get insight into him, into his mindset that he understands that to some people, to some Chinese, Chinese Americans, they see him as a, a race trader for lack of a better term, you know, right. They, they see him as someone who has forsaken them for the sake of having a chance to be at the table with the white people, you know, and some of them, he understands that some of them think that he may be delusional, that like you can have a detective badge, but you'll never be part of it. You'll, you'll never be one of them. You'll never be accepted, you know? So right. Well, and these you, are people who are like, you know, that they just see you as the good Asian. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, he's like, I'm playing the role of that. Like, yeah. uh, you know, they yeah. think he's naive. Yeah. And he sees them as naive. Yeah. Like, don't you understand? I'm I'm trying if to I play can give them what chess. they're looking for. Then yeah. I'm the one in control. Exactly. Yeah. And the, that's the idea Edison's that, yeah. whole thing. That's his whole mind. And you get that turmoil. You get him working through that through his narration, which again, in a, in a classic, in a classic, you know, film noir, that would be the, the narration that plays over a scene of the detective, you know, drinking whiskey at 9 a.m. It's not, right. it's, it's yeah. 9 a.m., but it's also pitch black out and it's raining outside of his office window, you know, because yep. that's how it, you and know, you'd hear the, you'd hear the yeah. Zippo flip open. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it, a little it, flintle. In Shout the, out to the West Wing in, Weekly. In the in the background outside the window, you'd hear sirens and all that, you know, as he's like, you know, you know, it, that sort of trope is there. And it, it just happens to work so well in comics because you have narration boxes. Those are your mo- inner monologue. Right. And, and they're used to perfection here where, yeah, you can see what Edison projects out into the world. You see how he interacts with the white cops, with the white people in San Francisco with the Chinese people in San Francisco and then also what he's thinking in his head. So, you know, he has to play all these different roles for all these different people. And then you see how he's different with, you know, with Frankie and and Victoria, obviously this, this surrogate family than he is with other white people he deals with. And yeah, there, you you just, you have this tortured soul um, that is, is just, it's a hallmark of, of, of noir storytelling. You well, know? and I think the real hallmark is no one knows this character completely except yes. the audience. Yeah. But everyone like, thinks they do. Everyone thinks everyone, they have Everyone it out. thinks they do because yeah. yeah, he shows enough of being a one-dimensional, you know, yeah. single-minded person or whatever, but yeah. uh we have what what the other characters don't and which so and I think that's a really clever way of endearing the audience to an imperfect character of we we know more than everyone he'll interact with. Like they all think they know him. Only I know him. Yeah. And yeah. there is a certain loyalty as a as an audience member that you feel towards unlikable characters when you're like, yeah, I know Walter White better than his wife does. Yeah. Uh, and, type and, of thing. And when 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 we can justify or when we can understand the character's justification for acting the way they are. So in right. this case, well, here, we don't even have to agree with it, but if we understand yeah. how we got there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. in this case here with Edison, we understand by the time, as you read through, you understand why he acts a certain way when he's around other detectives, other white detectives, you understand, you begin to understand why he acts and reacts a certain way to the Caraways, to Frankie and Victoria, because you see what his childhood was like. You see what their father was like and how he treated him and all that. You, you begin to understand how why he treats and 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 reacts the way he does to the various Chinese business owners in Chinatown, 
you know, as he's trying to be the cop and all that stuff. You understand all these different sides to him because you're right. We've seen all the things. We've seen all the sides and all the facets of him. And yeah, whether you agree with him or not, um, it, it's a, it's all about making that, you know, the the complex character, the, the he's not a bad man, but he's done some bad things kind of things, but the, for the right reasons, you know, it's, it's that kind of, that kind of character, which again, that's, it's a, it's, it's a tried and true trope of, of this type of this genre of storytelling. Yeah. Let me just say another page that I love, uh, probably my favorite single page in the book is page 63, which I think will not be numbered because it's a splash of sorts. But 62 is numbered and 64 is numbered. Um, now, this is talking about the 1906 earthquake that set oh, fire yeah. to the records building. Yes. And then we see this really beautiful depiction of the, the family, family tree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the real Americans versus the fake papers. Yes. Uh, the, they're called paper sons. And this is, again, this is technically a history lesson. Yes. That could be really dry, yeah. but it's so good here. It's It's well, so good. Because we've earned it at this point in the story, yeah. And uh, Alex brings it to life with his art. I I, th- I think there, there there are two things. One is it's a beautiful page. The idea of the family trees and and the way that it works in that the fake papers have this blue tint to it, you yes. know. And then so the, those are the quote unquote fake Americans. And as we get down to the bottom of the real Americans, the ones that are born here, um, it, the, it, the color changes into that kind of pinkish reddish. And so the, you see a natural divide in your eye there. But so obviously the, the presentation is great. And even going before that, you know, we get we get the various history lessons and, and the various narration boxes. But I think because because it's put at the beginning of the issue. You know, it, its placement is very smart. There, you you pick it up and you get a bit of this idea of the um, the bit of history they're trying to get across into this issue, and then it goes. You get you know two or three pages of that, and then it goes right into the story, and you start to understand why you were given this bit of history. Right. You know. You know, it, it isn't just history for history's sake. It is we're gonna we we're gonna tell you this couple pages of what might be dry history to some people, but yeah, it's very much a lecture. It's very much a PowerPoint lecture of here are things uh, that happened that you, that you reading this probably don't know, but then as we get, and you jump two pages and you zoom back in on the tree. Yes. And and realize like, Oh, that wasn't just pretty. Yes. Here, let me show you these two characters separated by pink and blue. Yes. Why this matters because this woman we're talking to now, this is where she falls on that on that diagram on that tree, and yeah. so yeah, it, it, they're able to tie all of that in. Uh, so where it's that that ex that history exposition doesn't feel it doesn't feel forced, you know. And so what we talked about at the top, it just you, you don't feel like you're being lectured to because it so very quickly and readily becomes part of the story. You know that this piece of history was important for you to understand this character that is going to be important in the story. You know, and definitely important in this issue to know where she comes from and know what her perspective is, because you you then understand um, her perspective, not so much in opposition to anyone else's, but in contrast to, you know, when you look at her and her father and how and and her and maybe the other shop, older shop owners that they go, her and Edison go and interview and talk to by knowing that she is of a different generation, a very specific and delineated different generation than the older people that they're that, that they're right. they're dealing with you you immediately get that her perspective is different and so the the information you're getting from her um 
is 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 unique in, in terms of this investigation you know and you only get that by having that cursory understanding of of the the these these fake paper sons you know yeah and 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 you get that through this that wonderful drawing of the the family tree quote unquote you know you know heavy heavy scare quotes are on the family part right but it 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 again it ties into what the emerging theme is which is people will do whatever they have to do to survive yes. and to make it yes. and uh, you know no one wanted to come over here and lie about their family to try to get other yeah you know chinese uh immigration true but that was the hand they were dealt and you know they had to do what they had to do exactly by the way another favorite page that's in this same issue page 79 first of all i mean i love it artistically it's it's edison at the top saying free shot with his arms out oh yeah but i love the character revelation because i was like okay well you know i I've white read watched a few things where you kind of have the young hotshot guy who might offer somebody a free shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we learn is that he actually doesn't feel any obligation to fight fair no. or to play by the rules. Uh, what I thought would be, you know, I could see like, I don't know, a young James Kirk, you know, in a bar fight saying, Oh yeah, free shot. And then yeah. I'll, then I'll level you. Yeah. Uh, this but is he, much but, more like Butch he Cassidy. Would actually, yeah, he would actually take the free shot. Like he would actually get punched. right. Yes, he would yes, absorb the yes. free shot and then yeah. have a real fight. This is much more like Butch Cassidy. You know, at the beginning of the movie, where he says, "Like, all right, before we had this fight, you know, it's time to go over the rules." And the guy stands up straight. He's like, "Rules? There's no yeah. rules." And he just kicks him right in the junk. And he says, "Oh well, if there's no rules, then let's have our fight." Yeah. And uh, you know, that's yeah. what Edison is doing here. He's like making this guy have a lowered guard because he gets a free shot and instead just wipes the floor with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like on, on the next page in that, in that double splash, she gets caught out. She's, you know, she's like, wait, you said he get a free shot. And he's like, well, I'm not that dumb. Like, <laughs> right. like, 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 what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not like, that noble. What are you right. If I gave free shots to everybody who wanted a shot yeah. at me, uh, yeah. you know, there'd be nothing left to go around. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, but I, I, it, it is, again, I, I think it's a great character. And, you know, you, you did call out that, 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 that top panel on that page 79 there when Edison says free shot there. And, you know, you see in this case, there's um, a, a very Eastern comic aspect of like, you see all these action lines there, you know, which yeah. again draws the focus right behind him. And and we see that in some of these other places, like uh, on the next page in that, on that doubles page splash, one of those panels, when you can tell Edison is angry, he's yelling. Um, it's a close-up of his face at an angle, and you again, you have those lines behind him, and it's another way to show that in that panel you can feel the emotion there. And I think it's it's another way that they that Tefenki uses the background to help tell the story to sell right. the emotion there by by seeing those lines there, you get the action, the tension, and that's followed, of course, by the next panel, which is a close-up of his left eye, which is the eye that has a scar over it. So you you through the page, through the paneling, through the the way it's drawn, you understand how how angry he is. That he isn't just you know that that there this is rageful. That's that 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 he's um and he's not mad at he's not mad at the, the the girl he's talking with, but just because of the interaction that he's had, um, it's like oh, I mean if he's you've been ever been in with, a little yeah. confrontation like that, even without yeah. swinging, yeah. your yeah. blood's pumping. Yeah, yeah, like and, you're and, you're riled up. 
Yeah. And it's everything, everything that he's been dealing with, everything's been bottling up when, when, you know, she confronts him. It's like, yeah, did, did you really arrest that guy? Did you, were you there when he was arrested? And he has to, he has no other outlet for it. And so he just, he blows up and, and you see that he, you feel all of that just in those two panels there. And then you turn the page and he gets smacked right in the face. And again, you have the, the same action line background, which is kind of this red with the black. And then immediately afterwards, once Edison's kind of been humbled, there's just the one shot of him, his head's kind of down, the red mark on his face, and it's just like a brown checkered plane behind him. Right. Which is, again, you see for these pages here, all the heightened emotion that's been transmitted through this panel in terms of how it's been shown to the reader. And then you get immediately right then there that he's been taken down a notch, you know, that he, he feels like he deserved that slap. You know, it's almost like he was waiting for that to be the release. And now that emotion is all out of him and he's just, he's just there. He's accepting it. And, and that panel, because it has this kind of Brown background that we don't see anywhere else, you know, in this sequence, right. You, you just get that. That's a moment of quiet, of reflection. And I think of acceptance, that's him just being like, what do you want me to say? Like, I, I I did what I did and I deserve that. You know, there's a moment of, of, of him just collecting himself. Um, and and I love that contrast because again, this is thing, these are things that are unsaid, but as you're reading it, you pause on that because they want you to pause on that. It's just him with the slap mark on his face, kind of looking at the ground. They well, it's want the you to appropriate take a there. use of a visual medium because, exactly. yeah, uh, you know, lesser writers will write that into the script or the dialogue or narration thing. And it's like, if you trust your artist, you don't need that. And if you trust your readers as well, because right. if, you, yeah. if, you, if you think yeah, yeah. about this as a movie, after that slap, you can cut to your actor and hold as long as you want, you know, you, the, you, the audience member, can't dictate how long you're watching this scene. But as a reader of comics, you can decide how quickly you want to go. You can skip right over that. But I think because it's so evocative, you get to that page and you stop because of the way it's framed, the way it's drawn. Um, is that it is trust in the artist to convey the emotion, but you're trusting the reader that they're going to get it. And I think you do. I think you stop on that panel because you want to see, like, damn, his face is really marked up. You know, like right. she smacked the hell out of them, you know, and, and you, you sit and they want you to sit with that emotion. And I think you feel it. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, it's genius. It is, it is a testament to what this, to what sequential art storytelling can do, because yeah, you, you're relying on the audience to pick up on the things that you're laying down for them. And right. they clearly want you to focus on this moment. Um, they, they want you to take a break and take a breath with the character and said, I, I think the way that it's portrayed, the way that that panel stands out, I, I think it's, I, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, one more perfect page, not that there are deficiencies with other pages, but on my list was page 96. And this is another one where the page isn't numbered and it kind of functions as a splash, even though it's just normal, mm-hmm. but the puzzle pieces. Yeah. 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 A great way to depict what little is on the happening. nose, little on the nose, but it works. You know what? It little is on nose, a little on the nose, but this is something that you, it would be too on the nose for a noir movie and watching them kind of, yeah. Oh, like he's, if, if puzzle he, pieces like fell yes, from the, right. if they were yeah. like floating, yeah. in front of, but uh, as he's like, you know, has this all out on the 
you know, he's thinking through everything mm-hmm. and the there are smaller pieces out of focus, but the mm-hmm. three pieces that are in focus are all slightly different colors, yeah. which in case you can, in case you can't, you know, in your head, play with those, manipulate those pieces to see if they fit together. They don't. Yeah. Like there are clearly pieces missing in between. And anyone who's done a puzzle before knows you kind of group like colors together. And so there are two, one is green and one is kind of teal. Those mm-hmm. probably aren't too far from each other mm-hmm. on the puzzle, but the, like the reddish brownish one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. The, the it pinkish. is clearly a different corner of the map where the mm-hmm. puzzle is. And I, I think that's a great collaboration between uh, art and color in storytelling here is to say like, he's got a, a couple pieces that seem like they're pretty close to fitting together and then some other dissonant pieces. So, you know, even when you get those blue and green ones connected, that's not the whole puzzle. Yeah. Like what does this other piece have to do with it? Yeah. How um, do I get from blue green to pink here? How, how do exactly. I, how do I bridge exactly. that? And, yeah. and I'm not a big puzzle doer. I just lack, the patience, I oh, like. I, the, the, I love the, them. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> shock me. the The payoff for me is not worth it. But my wife loves puzzling, um, and there you cannot buy a big enough puzzle for her. You know, the other thing is, I I have cats, so and puzzles aren't great with cats. I, I can um, I see that being being a hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've, you you can do a nine hundred ninety seven piece puzzle. Uh, and you have to be satisfied knowing that the three pieces are chewed up somewhere under <laughs> the bed or furniture yeah. or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, I-, I think it could have been really, it could have been really bad. It seems like a risk to take to say, let's lay these out, you know, in a puzzle way. But I'm like, I would have been equal. I would have been annoyed by the cliche of him putting them all on a board and using on the board yarn the, to yeah. connect them, right so that yeah. that's the trope done poorly this is a trope uh of you know him recapping all the pieces and, and how they fit together that i haven't seen done before could be really bad but totally worked for me i, I it, it sticks out here too because yeah there, it, it is kind of a a more surrealist moment there yeah he, he's he's recapping the case i guess so far to frankie and so but and the idea is i guess that as he's speaking this out loud, this is what he's thinking in his head, right? right. That's how you, that he's seeing these pieces. He, he here. can hold all the pieces. I, yeah, I know. I, 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 I know what what these big pieces are, but I've got no idea how they connect. Um, no, I, I think the the part you brought up about the the, the various colors is 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 so great. Um, that it's not just to differentiate them for the reader, and that these are three different scenes, but the idea playing back into the puzzle aspect of it. Right. That that I assume that was the yeah. intention because yeah. um you know anyone who's done a thousand piece puzzle yeah the first thing you do well yeah. maybe find the corners and the find edges. the corners find the edges yeah. Uh, yeah but then you start lumping them by color and yeah. saying like yeah. I don't think this shade of blue is going to be in two or three corners unless it's a really difficult puzzle yeah yeah uh, but you know, still, it's like a monotone puzzle st- still uh, though hard. you you would group them together and try to find those pieces fit together which ones fit together even if they even if you have two or three groups of pieces that don't all fit together, but they fit together by color, you can move them around in mass. So you're still, you're still trying to, it's about trying to find order in chaos. And I think that's what Edison's mind is doing. He has all these, the longer this case goes, he's getting more and more seemingly disparate pieces, you know? And it's like the, you know, the, all he's trying to do is find a missing girl. And yet every step of the way, 
it just gets deeper and deeper and more things are coming in. He's getting dragged in all these different ways. And he's just trying to figure out like, he, I don't even think he's certain if all these pieces connect, you know, at this point, he doesn't even know if they do connect. He just, it, it's possible in his mind, he's got three pieces from three different puzzles, you know, you know? Oh yeah. He, yeah. He's right. Under, he's right. Under the it assumption. could be, yeah. It, yeah. And it could be an unrelated piece, but he's like, yeah, you know, that picture, the trapped picture of yeah. the, you know, affair that plays into someone's using that for something. Yes. Like yeah, you don't yeah. accidentally have that picture. Yeah. With um, the lot of cash and all that who right. came through that. I got this through the investigation I was working on. So why would that be there? So you figure it has to be connected, but yeah, he, at this point, he doesn't even know. So no, yeah, I, I think that, I think it does work really well. I think it does work really well. And, and it's a, it is a cool, it is a cool motif there. Um, a different play on the trope of, you know, all the pieces matter. That's a, you know, very, it's a wire quote. Of course on the wire, they have the, right, they, have right. the they have the bulletin board and the, they well, have they the string and the, the pins. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. They, they, but, you had to have something visual on that show. Yeah. 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 But that, that, that's a well-worn trope for these types of detective stories that, yeah, that they, they, they didn't go with, they went with a different version of it. I said a little more, li- a little more, a lot more literal in that they are puzzle pieces, but I, I, I do think it works. I do think it works. Yeah. Um. So that, you know, and then aside from that's him and, and Frankie riding in the car yeah. and that's yeah. Frankie's last car ride, at least in the passenger seat. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's basically where we leave things, this issue, uh, yeah. you know, you, then you get the two page splash where the story is being told, I think in raindrops, uh, as you, you flip forward a little bit, I think yeah. it'd be page one Oh four, one Oh five, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very cool visual stuff continuing to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, big confrontation with the killer and you get the killer without the mask. Right. Yeah. We see, we see that he's not Chinese. Well, uh, one thing I'll say about the way that with the raindrops there, whenever they go to a splash page, a two-page splash. It's always something kind of interesting. The one we skip past it, but it's way back in in issue two. The moment when Edison first walks into the Jade Castle, um, and and you know, everything in the Jade Castle fittingly has kind of this green tint to it. You know that 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 kind of green overlay. But right when he walks in, and that there's this big double-page splash of like all the ver- like the singer and and it's it's big bright colors and it really stands out because it it, it it's like an assault kind of on your senses which is i think how edison feels because i think the, the the narration is a bunch of single boxes of just like what is this you know like he wasn't it's this big nightclub action and a splash page i think earlier was when the when the kid shows him the the dead body with the maggots and now here in in, in issue th- four yeah the the way the storytelling can have some different and fun things by having the raindrops as they were. Each one of these segments is a different scene, a different moment. Whenever they utilize the splash page, the, the two page splash, I think it's for them to, I think it's a place for Tefanki to really, really flex and have fun with the layouts, with the paneling, with the order of things and all that. Uh, and really get to really get to, to, to be more of a storyteller, I think. Um, and, and, and it's deployed smartly, uh, and, and, and right. concisely. And, well, and we noticed this on outpost zero. Yeah. He does not sit down to start writing a page. You know, he has the script and Alex doesn't seem to sit down and, you know, draw boxes and say, okay, yeah. here's nine, nine panels, three yeah. panels, 12 panels. 
um, there's a lots of you know mismatched sizes and yeah. diagonal cuts and things like that where you not in an intrusive way where you have trouble knowing the reading order like some people create, but his is just I'm going to give each panel the space it needs and figure yeah. out the geometry and the yeah. math. Well, and I, I, I think he, he mentioned this when we talked to him. He's like he he I think he very much he reads the page and then he simply draws what he yeah what he feels like it should be. Now, now there are sometimes some artists where the part of the visual storytelling is we're keeping to the rigid nine panel grid, three panel grid, whatever it is, you know, and that is built into the storytelling. We're always going to do that. It's clear that here he has the freedom to simply tell the story as needed. You know, maybe there's an idea of like, hey, there's four or six panels here, whatever, but the order, the shape and things like that, it, he seems to have that freedom. And it's just, yeah, whatever the story needs. I, I, I think he, he may have mentioned this, this idea of he, he kind of pictures it, he pictures it cinematically in his head. You know, yeah. he reads the page and, well, and, and it comes out cinematically. I mean, exactly, and, and yeah, he's, the way, he's the way he himself first it. and foremost as a storyteller, yes. yeah. not just the illustrator of someone else's yeah. story. Yeah. And he and is I, carrying the story. I think, yeah. Visually. And I and I think there's a reason why when you see a skew and off angle panels, maybe it's trapezoidal or anything like that, um, those all have intent. You know, they're meant to, when he uses those, are usually in. Uh, you see them in a lot of action scenes, chase scenes, fight scenes. And I think they're meant to, again, evoke the idea that um, it's, it's almost like going to a Dutch angle, you know, in a movie. Things you're meant to feel off. It doesn't feel it's not symmetrical. It's not beat by beat by beat. It's chaotic. Um, and, 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 and you get that across because those are very different than when Edison uh, is just going and interviewing people, you know. They're they're very square, even rectangular. But the action scenes are when things get wild and weird and and get expressive. Because I think he's trying to get that feeling of cross of of unease um, that you would get from you know watching a film, an action sequence, all the all the cutting back and forth, the action and things like that. He does that on the page just by changing up how the pictures actually look on the page. You know, different right. different paneling, different different things like that. So yeah. Um, so that was, that was my last thing that I had earmarked because everything else I have is getting into spoiler for volume two. Sure. Sure. We went, went, went so I'll defer to you for any further, uh, notes or points of, uh, interest. I, I think, I think just the last thing I would say is, um, to anyone reading this, whether it's in the, the, the single issue you find or, or in the trades, um, read the historical notes in the back. Um, Yes. Um, they they did an awesome job, I think, collecting um, what they used as reference, both as pictures, um, works they cited. There's a bibliography back there. I, I think it's just it, it's really important uh, to to understand that you know a lot of these places and landmarks are 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 real actual places. You know, like Angel Island, the place that Edison starts uh, at the beginning um, where he's being detained. That's a real place. That was. It was essentially the Ellis Island of the West Coast. The difference was the people going through Ellis Island were, you know, like Peter Corleone and people from Europe. You know, they looked like that. Right. Everyone coming to Angel Island in, in San Francisco Bay Area were basically Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, wherever. It was people from East Asia, Southeast Asia, India as well. Um, those those places, those experiences. Um, being quarantined, being detained, all of that, 
um, it, it, it feeds into it feeds into who these characters are and how they react. And, and I think I mentioned it last week, the idea of um, why the story takes place in 19, 1936 and specifically then being uh, explicitly like one generation after um, the China's Exclusion Act, the Immigration Act of, of 1924, all these wildly restrictive um, immigration laws that effectively targeted Asian, Asian Americans, Asians, East Asian, Middle Eastern, um, and, and even put quotas on people coming from like Eastern Europe and all that. They could still come, but there were there were quotas they had to hit. Um, and, and the idea that the only Chinese that were here were either ones that were already here and then couldn't leave. Because at some point, if if you ever left to go back, like you you couldn't you couldn't come back. That was put into law as well. And only certain certain people were allowed in, teachers, diplomats, students, merchants, people like that. So no laborers, no workers. Um, and so what does that do to a community when you're potentially separated from your family because they can't come see you, you can't go see them. And so you are bonded together in places like Chinatown, these these places that exist um, out of necessity. I don't know if people, again, when you think about Chinatown, Little Tokyo, Koreatown, Little Havana, all these ethnic places uh, in these major cities, they existed out of necessity because they were the only places where these people were allowed to own businesses, own houses, um, own property, pass things down. They, they were secluded here. And so because you couldn't leave the country and because the people couldn't from your home country couldn't visit you, you created family, you created community here. And so when um, one of the things they talk about, I think it's in, it was in issue three, when they go through the history of like the Chinese businesses, like the six businesses that kind of yes, were like this yeah. conglomerate that, that decided to run Chinatown. This is what happens. The idea of, well, we need to develop our own laws and, and governance of ourselves. Um, and these are all historical, all things that are based in in, in real history that I, I just don't know if people, it's not part of history that I'm sure you or even I learned in school. Um, but it, oh, it's, gosh, an, no. it's yeah. an important setting to know who, like who, who these characters are in terms of um, the, the, the girl that runs away, her friends that stay behind, who Edison is, what Frankie and Victoria's relationship are to Chinese and Chinese American. Um Oh, what is the character? Uh, was it Terrence? Like the, the lawyer, the one, the real well-presenting lawyer, the one who yes. represents the Jade Cast. I think it's Terrence Chong or Terrence Chang, a character like him. And I think it's even Edison who who refers to him of like, you know, the idea of chasing perfect, that to be Chinese, to be a minority in, in this country, you have to be perfect. Otherwise, you are a disgrace or you 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 reflect poorly on everyone of uh, 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 of your eighth race and ethnicity and edison's his his monologue is basically like you know chasing perfect's normal a bit for people like us you know but it's the ones who get there that you have to be wary about the perfect smile the perfect posture the perfect part in your hair Perfe perfection takes sacrifice so you have to be suspicious of anyone sad enough to go through with it yeah you know but that is a very much a real idea that pervades that did pervade and in a lot of ways still does through, through immigrant minority communities that it's the same thing that Edison said in that first issue. If we show them that we're good and not just that we're good, but how good we are, 
how perfect we are, that we're not a problem, we're not a threat, we're welcoming to them and they're welcoming to us. If we show them that, that's enough for them to accept us and treat us as Americans, which in my 40 some odd years of life is complete BS. That doesn't exist at all. It'd be awesome if it did, but it doesn't. But there's still that, that kernel of truth and that thing in the back of your mind of this is what we have to do. And it, it is a it is a community ethos of this is what we have to do, in order to be accepted. This idea right. of well, being but, because it yeah. make it gives you the illusion of control, right? Absolutely. It's like yeah. It's, yeah. Is, I can control whether they accept me or yeah. not, yeah. which and, is and, which is the greatest lie. It, it, right? It's like and, people who are determined it, to hate and, you. It goes all the way back. You. It goes all the way back to a place like Angel Island when you're being detained and you don't understand why, and it's just because they don't want you here. But you start telling yourself of, oh, well, if I do this, 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 and this, then I can get out of here. And if I do X, Y, and Z after that, oh, well, then I don't, I, I can, it, it seems like I can advance. I can, I can have a life here and all that. And so all this, it's like this, it's this, this piles of generational trauma that go back to things like the Chinese Exclusion Act, the Immigration Act of, of 1924 and places like, Angel Island and all of that. So knowing that history and understanding what what that what that did to to generations of 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 people, um, it just it feeds into understanding who Edison is and his relationship with his own identity and his relationship to his own community. That again, he feels a part of in more ways than one. One, he's a detective, but also the fact that he lives in Hawaii now, a place that's I, I think at this time was probably a little more accepted. You know, obviously right. they were accepting enough to make a a Chinese American, a detective, which would never happen on the mainland. So he is searching for this sense of identity and who he is. Uh, and if that's even important to him and all that's informed by the real life history that, that was, was, was brought upon by, by such stringent and, 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 and racist uh, immigration laws that said in the, the late 19th century, early 20th. Yeah. When this is just another way. So I think, and to me, this is the better book club discussion out of this series than the detective story itself. I agree. I agree. You know, the mechanics of it are like, uh, whatever, but there are many people I know who are only one or two generations removed from this type of, you know, policy, this, the trauma that it, in, in that, you know, it brings about and it's totally invisible to someone like me unless someone like Pornsack tells an entertainment story about something like this. Well, exactly. It, ha- it has to be it has to be wrapped in this very cool, twisty detective story. Right. You know, um, Which it's a shame that it does, but it's also great yeah. that someone's willing to take it on. I, 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 I agree because I mean, because I love a great detective story. I love seeing that. I love the whodunit, the case. Again, I, I love following that kind of noir storyline. And, and and yes, I, I I am heartened by the fact that you are also getting this other side, this other glimpse into history, this part of history in this country that just isn't 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 known, um, and and it isn't just like forgotten, but almost like ignored. You know, th- th- this time when we were so outright uh and front street with 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 discrimination and racism uh against immigrants and and specifically again in, in the, the chinese exclusion act was the first time and i think still the only time where a where one specific 
race and ethnicity from a certain country were were targeted with a uh, you know w- w- with an immigration ban you know right. like people from this country cannot come here like th- that that's it's even in today's climate which is still not great it is still wild to think that that existed you know and and i have to imagine there are a lot of people who who picked up the good asian and, and that was the first time they had ever heard of it that was the first time they'd ever experienced, they'd ever seen it portrayed or depicted in any sort of popular fiction. Well, and especially I think the further east you go in the country, yes, which you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got family in the Bay Area, but most of them moved to the Bay Area and grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah, and I think the I would hope you'd have a little more awareness of the history of the Bay Area. If I would hope so. There, I mean, Angel uh, Island LA, is. A, you know, they they mentioned LA. Yeah, I guess I that's mean, the volume two. They talk about LA. Yeah, but still, but I mean, the you know, L.A. and San Francisco were the points of the, the, there are ports of entry for people coming from, 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 from East Asia. Um, right. You know, my family came in, less so. Yeah, yeah. My family, my, my mom's family came in through through L.A. and and that's where they settled. And my grandparents have been there for fifty some odd years now. Um, I guess I'll call on. No, no. I'm so yeah, fifty about fifty years. Um, in the L.A. area, so it, it, it it's it's basically one of those two. And so yeah. There are larger communities of 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 Asian Americans and and the first second generation born stateside. Um, although I, I guess if we're going back to to the 1920s and 30s, we're probably looking at third fourth generation now, maybe in in terms of you know people who have who who who, who maybe trace their 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 lineage back to people that that were in the states at that time. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it is. Even there, it's still, I think, a, a slightly forgotten piece of of American history because it's not a flattering part of American history. Thus, we don't tell it a whole lot, you know. Well, it's, and it's a- yeah, and it's there are uh, the there are so many stories like this that when taken together, it create an almost overwhelming and depressing tapestry. Yes, of American yeah. history in the in the twentieth century. Yeah, because uh, we'd like to think problems like this were much longer ago and really even weren't. as you were saying it right yeah. even as you were saying because like i mean 1930 that's almost 100 years ago now yeah yeah uh but when you were speaking of it as like oh it's like uh you know your grandparents generation yeah. i'm like oh yeah it was that's not really that long ago yeah ex- exactly yeah i mean 19 i mean by 1936 um you know i all my grand my grandparents were born by then. You know they were alive. Yeah, this is mine, an era. mine was nineteen twenty two. My yeah, grandpa 20, was born. Uh, yeah, twenty five and twenty seven. I think so he would have been of like yeah. coming of age when this happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I mean, so, you know, my my family came. My family immigrated in the the early sixties and early seventies. Um, my dad tell me first, and my mom tell me after that. So again, it's only like a half or so generation after this book set, you know, we're talking about 30 some odd years after the events of this book take place. So it's like a generation and a half or so after the passage of things like the Chinese exclusion act and, and the immigration act of 24. So we're not talking that far away. You know, history isn't that far away um, as we might think it is, you know, it's, right. it, 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 and these are obviously issues we're still dealing with now um, when we talk about, immigration bans like we had and or, or the, the focus just shifts you know at first it was like you know no irish or italians are coming in right so we don't want europeans coming in and then they got here and then they're just americans now and now they don't want 
Asians and 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 Indians and other uh, other uh, other people from across the Pacific come in. You know, so the band comes on the West Coast, and now where do we want people don't want Indians coming from? They don't want it coming from Latin America, Central America. So now we just turn our focus south. You know, and the same thing is just happening. It's just the direction at which we're facing in this country to try and keep people out um, because we f- have the same fears. What were the fears of 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 immigrants from from Europe and all them? They were what were they? They were they were laborers, right? right? They were you know menial labor workers that could work cheap, undercut the Americans that were here. They didn't like that from the Irish or the the Italians or whatever it is. Same. That's the reason they wanted to bar and ban the Chinese because Chinese laborers were coming over. Um, those workers they were apparently they were undercutting the the Americans that were here, and that caused the depression then. You know, and now we're focusing the same sort of thing, just on a different, a different country, a different, different ethnicity, different group of people in a different direction. Because, because I don't think we're ever going to look north. We're not, we're not scared of Canada, I guess. But every other direction, not we're, at the we're, moment. We're, yeah, no. we're we're running out of direction to try and exclude and discriminate against these people coming in, trying to find a better way at a better place in America. Um, so as much as this feels like history, all the things they said about Chinese and Asians in right. the 1930s and 20s are the, the theme things we're still saying right now of institutionalizing and creating broad cultural stereotypes against yeah. ethnic yeah. groups is is an evergreen theme. And it's not, it you know, that's not just uh, it's not uniquely American. No, no, uh, you know, but that's we're, uh, we're, we're living and reading and writing and creating these stories for sure. Here, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but there yeah. is a there is a there is a universality universality to this story or a timelessness to the story in its specificity of we're going to focus on this time with yep. this people here. But when you read the things that that they're talking about, when you when you just put a little bit of thought into it, you see how it applies over and over and over again throughout history to our current present day. Um, and I think that's what makes stories like this so effective. Yeah, I think, you know, if you were going to tell this story right now, it would be like having, um, you know, a, a a Mexican border patrol officer. Yeah. Who's yeah. like, you know, he would be the good Mexican. It, uh, it, would be, it, you know, it would be 100%. Ex- yeah. Or, or, or he'd be he'd be like an ICE agent who who was his parents. I, ICE agent is what I was going to say next. Yeah. 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 yeah but, but like but his parents were actually they were illegal immigrants from yeah Mexico City or or Guatemala or something like that. But he was born here in the states. He was born like in I don't know San Antonio or something like that. You know, so he's legal. But his but his parents and his family above generation, like we see in the good Asian, they're the fake sons, the fake papers. But he's a real American. But yeah, now he's a border agent. He's an ICE agent, and he's at detention centers with migrant workers and things like that and that yeah the the idea of the separation of families and all of that that would be the modern day story of this and you could use the same sorts of logic the same ideas the same um looking at the same kinds of laws that we're trying to pass and we had tried to pass and yeah and, well and, and his relationship yeah. to you know in inbound immigrants yes would you'd have a lot of the same dialogue like, Absolutely. why are you yeah. working with them? Like, yeah. why, where'd you get that badge from? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you don't have, why do you treat badge. us like this? How do you work with them? And yeah, we would see the same thing of how he talks to his, his coworkers, you know? Right. You know, wh- you know, which are all non 
you would think non-Hispanic or, you know, uh, uh, a descent, you know, the bunch of, um, it, it, yeah, it, 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 that kind of story would absolutely work. And you would, you would get the same ideas. Um, and you know, yeah, you, you could tell that story and it could be like, um, you could tell that, that version of the story. And instead of maybe a detective noir story, maybe it's like, um, it's like Sicario or something like that. Or you traffic know? Or, yeah. 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 There, 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 there's another genre you could play with there. Um, while having that same historical and, or at least in this case, it'd be the, the, the current day storytelling as well. You know, those, those two tracks that we talked about, the, the genre track and the historical track or the, the teaching, the learning educational track in this modern day story, you just find a different, you find a different genre to go down and your educational track is, is just about current day affairs. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I think a lot of people do try those type of things. Yeah. But I would say they miss more often than they hit. I, they're and hard. I think that's they're the hard. great thing about the gradation. Well, I, I think it can be easier with distance, right? By making it a period piece, right? There, there's a reason why they're so popular as allegory and metaphor for current day. It's, I think, it's easier to get. It, it's, it's much harder to thread that needle if you did that current day story at the southern border. You know, it's much harder to thread that and get that right, or, or it's at least it's easier to get it way wrong. Than by making it a period piece like we have here, um, but yeah, it 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 helps with execution, but it's still got to be done well. There are plenty of period pieces that are bad. You know, there's plenty of stories that try and tell stories like this, try to do what the good Asian does, and are wildly less successful. So you, you still have to execute. You know, you still gotta you still gotta deliver the final product, and and I think uh, Porn Stack and Alex here definitely do that. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next Thursday for issues five through 10, volume two. Uh, and yeah, just ready to wrap this up, ready to be ready for from minute one. We're going to spoil everything. Absolutely. Um, it, was, it took great restraint. This was one of the rare times where I was ahead of the reading schedule for the podcast. Congrats to and I know. Yeah. Now I know what Alex struggles through every single week. Yeah, uh, especially when we do like a, a twelve weeker, like the unwritten, and he knows where everything's going the whole that time. That self filter can be tough there, but but yeah, no, uh, go find Good Asian Volume Two, uh, pick it up, read it. Um, yeah, we can't wait to jump into it. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.